And welcome in to episode 31 here of the Grind on Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Ben Metz, and he is right over there. As we, uh, we're we on the cheap seats again, we're uh, sitting here talking a little bit, uh, going to grind on a little bit of the sports news of, of, of local. And when I say local, I mean big orange sports. So going to talk a little bit about the NCAA and the, the Tennessee battle that was in Greene County there earlier this week. Uh, we're going to talk about Tennessee basketball, their their trip to Fayetteville. That was a little bit historic in, in some kind of way. Uh, and then ultimately, we're going to talk Tennessee baseball. We'll kick off this weekend, and then we'll talk a little bit more uh, about some other things. But kind of want to open up, Ben, with uh, with the, uh, the Super Bowl. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs get it done. Uh, my little boy, Nealon, big Chiefs fan, so he is uh, – He's all over me for a lot of different reasons, but really the the Chiefs' kingdom being back to back—that's kind of where he's uh, where's lo- he's loving it right now. Oh, Newland had to love that ball game. It it was astounding. Uh, it was everything that a football fan could ask for. You had, uh, I think it was the longest field goal in Super Bowl history, fifty-seven yarder. Uh, you had turnovers. You had a big defensive plays. Uh, you had overtime. Um, so, yeah, what an exciting weekend uh, for football. Well, I think, uh, I think honestly, watching that football game and the way the overtime period uh, happened in that one, that's the difference between good and great. San Francisco's a really good team. Kansas City turned into a great team over the, over the playoff run. Not their best uh, wire-to-wire run in a, in a season, but when it mattered most, Patrick Mahomes – uh, really, really put the team on his shoulders, went and won that football game. Credit to that defense as well, uh, being able to really kind of take the punches that that Brock Purdy, Jawan Jennings, and company Christian McCaffrey threw at them. But at the end of the day, uh, Patrick Mahomes had to go win it, and he did just that. Yeah, it's nice also when the breaks go your way after five fumbles uh, for Kansas City and only one lost fumble out of those five, so – uh, really nice for uh, Kansas City to take advantage of that. Patrick Mahomes uh, showed truly why he's such a good quarterback in those two-minute drill situations. Um, when the game's on the line, he just locks in. He gets real focused, uh, identifies quickly what needs to be done to win the ball game. I think the key play in the game, of course, was the uh, fourth down and one. Uh, he's back in the shotgun and he calls his own number. He uh, he fakes the handoff on the jet sweep. He rolls out, gets gets that yardage and some against a very difficult San Francisco 49 defensive front. Yeah, and, and I, what I thought they did really well late in the football game and into the overtime period was they were very – San Francisco, that is, was very conscious of where Pacheco was on every play – uh, where Travis Kelsey was on the plays that he was in the football game. And I thought their ability to use Valdez Scantling, uh, Mahomes' legs, and ultimately Miko Hardman, that proved to be the difference in the football game. Uh, I, I thought it was a really good job by Coach Andy Reid, uh, Matt Nagy, those guys, uh, in calling a good second half and into the overtime period. But I th- how fitting is it that old Cheeseburger Andy – 
uh, the final play, the game that won him the Super Bowl, was named Corn Dog. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fitting, man. Uh, you know, you and I did a simulation a couple weeks back, and he kicked a field goal after dominating against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, so, you know, uh, I, I thought maybe, you know, corn dog, cotton candy, something like that. <laughs> you, you know, it, it's funny, you know, I, you know, they do the production meetings and kind of go over it with the media. And he called it a, a ketchup or a corn dog with a little ketchup and mustard on it uh, <laughs> with some of that motion and that that shuffle there. But but anyway, uh, that was how the, the, the weekend started or I guess the week started Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, one of the most uh, uh, viewed Super Bowls in in history I think it was 123 million viewers uh, for Super Bowl Sunday Uh, I don't know what drove that it might have been the fact that Taylor Swift was there Uh, but that was probably the best part of the game being close and tight for the majority of regulation was they didn't have a whole lot of time to cut up to Taylor and see how she was taking it (laughs) yeah yeah you had the uh, celebrity um the celebrities were there, uh, the fans present, a great pregame show, funny funny commercials throughout the broadcast. You know, what I really liked about the ball game, though, when, when we talked a little bit about that is uh, Brock Purdy, uh, for, the, for, for the most part, played a very clean football game um, and showed that he's the type of quarterback that can lead San Francisco to, to a Super Bowl. Uh, there were a couple of uh, big plays that cost them the ball game, uh, the muff punt, of course, is one of those. Uh, but also Christian McCaffrey, man. I mean, you can't talk about that Super Bowl without talking about McCaffrey. I mean, that guy, uh, his ability to get skinny and make yardage out of nothing is just uncanny to me, man. Oh, he's a beast. I mean, there's there's no, no two ways about it. He is a guy that uh, is electric with the football in his hands. Pacheco's a great running back, and it was two to one in favor of McCaffrey in that football game. Um, another thing I thought, the muff punt, that was kind of interesting because it looked like he made a last-second decision to go after it. But uh, did you see the replay? It actually yeah. hit his crossing teammate, hit, exactly. hit the foot, and honestly, the guy had a pretty good wherewithal to actually try to get it. Uh, I thought it was just a bad situation. You know, you talked about those fumbles lost and then the fumbles retained by Kansas City. Well, just probably as many negative plays went for, against the 49ers. I, I don't know what uh, what mirror that Kyle Shanahan has broken in, in the past, uh, but the luck's just not on his side. He's, I think he now owns three double-digit um, advantages at the half that he ended up coming up with the loss in the postseason, so it's just not a not a good look for Kyle Shanahan. Uh, would have been a great story had they won it, but ultimately, I think uh, the dynasty Kansas City now has tied the Pittsburgh Steelers for most Super Bowls by a franchise. Uh, so I think it's a uh, it's something to watch for sure. I think over the next coming weeks, Andy Reid made a post post game comment that he would be back next year, uh, but he also made the comment that he hasn't had time to think about it. So we'll we'll see if that produces any kind of change there in Kansas City um, but uh, just a wild wild day I mean there's all kinds of things you can talk about uh, Travis Kelsey uh, chest bumping or knocking over Andy Reid and kind of an emotional thing that's been talked about at nauseum I think you can talk about uh, all kinds of things uh, I, I thought the the wildest thing was the fact that Post Malone did not uh, did not uh vacate his Cowboys fandom for the Super Bowl. He uh he sang the uh 
America the Beautiful or whatever, and then uh, went promptly to his box and put his Cowboys jacket on. I thought that was funny. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, one yeah. way to get the Cowboys to the Super Bowl, but I, I just don't know if that's what Jerry's after. Yeah, I bet I bet it made uh, Tony Romo happy wearing that outfit. But uh, yeah, I mean, on that on that on that kickoff return, if I have to give you because know, I'm Tony Romo's lackey down here, as you can see, <laughs> if I have to give any kind of criticism. Uh, you know, on that on that muff punt, I agree with you 100 percent, Wayne. Um, Romo made a comment after that muff punt when it hit his teammate and it bounced back and he tried to recover the football after contact was made. Romo said, you got to you got to say, get out of there, clear the area everybody clear and do all this stuff. You know, you're going like this and your 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 arms are like this and you're trying to catch a punt <laughs> sure so your your head's up and you're watching the football as a kickoff or punt returner you're not looking around you um you know and in in that situation yeah you're probably yelling but you don't you don't have the time or the wherewithal to drop your head and start going hey guys we need everybody clear out here everybody clear out ball well, short. And I, yeah and i think ultimately his teammate was probably more to blame just kind of uh Cause I mean, he kind of just was like cruising through there. Like he was pulling up to slow down. You know, I don't know if he had saw the fair catch. I don't, I don't know what, but it was like, he was just moseying through there. He's kind of just getting in the way. So it's just a bad, bad look, bad play or play situation there. But ultimately Kansas city does win. They, uh, they've already had their parade. They had it just the other day, unfortunately, you know, as society tends to to present, uh, there was a there was a negative situation in the in the victory parade. There was someone shot in Kansas City right there at Union Station. So, uh, just not a good look for the city of Kansas City. And um, just I guess thoughts with them. Unfortunate that we have to kind of process through those things in in a what was hopefully a happy day. Um, but it is it is the society we live in. The guy has been captured. So. Uh, he'll be he'll be dealt with in in short order, but uh, just a tough situation for the city of Kansas City. Yeah, definitely. Our thoughts are with that family. But uh, another topic, two topics, Wayne, that uh, also that go with that storyline of the Super Bowl. Uh, one was the uh, the coin toss that San Francisco decided. You know, in overtime, San Francisco won the coin toss, elected to take the football. And there's been some, you know video on social media about how Patrick Mahomes was mic'd up and he, him and Tra him and Travis Kelsey were like, can you believe it? These guys are, these guys are taking the football. Why are they taking the football? And that kind of created the, the gas or the, uh, that created the spark that Kansas city need to win the ball game. That's one. And then second uh, defensive coordinator Wilkes for the San Francisco 49ers seems to have taken some of the brunt uh, for the failures in that overtime and late in the fourth quarter as he was terminated from uh, his position as defensive coordinator under Shanahan. Yeah, just it's what what a difference a couple weeks make. Uh, that was the same Wilkes that was uh, in the running and kind of being talked about for the Carolina Panthers head coaching job just a, just a few weeks ago. So it's kind of it's kind of crazy there. But uh, anyway, uh, but uh, not to be outdone, uh, just as soon as the Super Bowl gets done, we get to turn our turn our our head there to basketball. Uh, as as I always tell people, 
I'm not a, I'm too much of a fan to split my time amongst sports. So I've been hooked in with football for a good long time. Kind of began transitioning to basketball once college football was done. But now that Super Bowl Sunday's in the rear view, 100% hooked in on Tennessee basketball, excited about Tennessee baseball. But right now through, through probably the month of March, early April, I'm hoping to have a lot of Tennessee basketball to watch. And really, uh, maybe maybe my orange glasses have come out and, and made their basketball appearance, but it looks like Tennessee basketball has found not only Dalton Connect, not only Zakai Ziegler, uh, but there's a number of people, Jonas Adu, Triple J's having a, a good little time here, and then other people are beginning to produce for this basketball team that ultimately has been the gap, right? It's been Dalton Connect, and everybody else watches it. And here in the last few games, take out the Texas A&M game. There's been a lot of progression with uh, Santiago Vescovi, uh, all those guys. Gainey's really made big strides over the course of the season to, to be able to be a contributor. And then, again, Jonas Adu, again, Arkansas Wednesday night, just one of his better games. So I'm excited for what Tennessee basketball looks like. One at Bud Walton Arena for the first time since, I believe, 2011 or 2007, I can't remember, but uh, a long time, seven straight appearances there in Bud Walton, all went with L's until Wednesday night. Got to, got to win 29-point uh, big victory for the Big Orange. A profound victory against Arkansas, and Wayne, you couldn't have said it any better. Uh, in the last two weeks, uh, and and I'm going to take out the, I'm going to take out that um, South Carolina home, or the, I'm sorry, the Texas A&M game. I'm going to take out that Texas A&M game uh, because if you look at the games prior, uh, the LSU victory was astounding. And then uh, the Kentucky game, I mean, right. we're going to Rupp Arena and we went 103 to 92. I mean, it was a pretty dominant victory for us there. Uh, we're shooting the basketball very well. We found something down low in the box with Adu. Um, Dalton Connect yeah. is, is, is become the guy that can – can connect from three-pointer, no pun intended. Um, Vescovy I mean, is kind of that guy that needs to – needs to. you know, he's not the Vescovy of last year. I, I don't know if he's still trying to find his place on this team and what his role is. Um, I've said it on previous uh, shows right here from the cheap seats that if you don't have a bottle of Tums next to you when Zakai Ziegler handles the basketball, uh, you're going to experience a lot of heartburn. You take the good with the bad. The guy leads and assists. He leads in assists, um, and he leads in turnovers as a point guard. Uh, so uh, he's going right. to pass the ball a lot, and he's going to turn it over a lot. You got to be prepared right. for that. Well, you, you know, I'm a. I, I try to keep my cup half full when it comes to the Big Orange, and in, in basically all sports. And my my approach has been this: uh, whether it's Vescovy, whether it's uh, Mayshack, whether it's uh, Vescovy, whether it's uh, Tobey Awaka, uh, I don't care. If we can manufacture a dozen points out of the bench, I think we're in good standing because I think Connect, Ziggler, Triple J, and Adu are going to do what they need to do to get their points. So, to me, uh, some nights I think it's going to be it's going to be Vescovy, and I think other nights it's going to be Mayshack and Awaka. But I think what we can't have is no points from those people I just mentioned. So over the last few weeks between rotation and between just being able to get good minutes out of those guys, 
that's been able to to be a thing. You know, Ganey is a, is an asterisk. I think he's an X factor. I don't know that you need to count on Ganey to score points, but I think if you can get him open looks, he's a he's a guy that can really separate you from teams like he did against uh, against Arkansas Wednesday night. He I think he only had nine points, but uh, it was three big threes that that made the difference. Yeah, yeah, he's shooting the ball exceptionally well uh, from the field as well. Great free throw shooter as well. Um, but going back to going back just briefly on Zakai Ziegler, you know, Ziegler does have those turnovers. But one stat I looked at before this broadcast: forty-seven steals. Okay, uh, the closest guy to forty-seven steals on this team is Jordan James with 30. And then it drops off tremendously, 25, 22, 21. So, you know, as a fan, I've tried to I've tried to reflect upon myself and say, you know, he, he he's frustrating to watch at times because he makes poor decisions underneath the basket or he he'll turn over the basketball, but when he's on defense, he is a dog, brother. I mean, he's down there, he's down there swatting, tearing away, stealing the basketball, pushing the ball up the court. So you have to you have to remember he's going to be one of them guys that's going to create opportunities for the offense. Um, and then another, I mean, another thing I looked at. I want to get your thoughts on this. Is overall from a free throw percentage, uh, you know, Dalton Connect yesterday got the technical foul. He goes free free throw line, bricks first free throw, and it was a pretty tight game at this point in time. Right. And I'm just sitting here going, man, man, we've got to hit these free throws. And of course. Right there, the the color guy, um, he loves us. I can't think of his name. He used to coach Arkansas ladies basketball. Um, he uh, says, yeah, he says, he says, uh, he's an exceptional shooter, but just terrible free throw shooter. <laughs> and and uh, you know, I started yeah. looking at the, I started looking at these free throw numbers, and overall as a team, we shoot better than our opponents this year. But the problem is when we get into tournament time is you have two guys that start, two guys that start. Actually, yeah, two guys who start that are 75 80% from the free throw line. And then the other three are somewhere down 60. Yeah. So what's so what's going to happen is your guys off the bench, your guys off the bench, or you're going to have to pull guys off the court in the tournament and put put in guys like Ganey and some of these other guys who can hit free throws and you're going to you're you're going to be smaller underneath the basket because you're putting in free throw shooters in a critical tournament time situation. So that that's my one concern is that if we don't get better at free throws as we get further into the season, uh those games where it, it they're going to come down to the last 2 minutes. Uh we've got to be able to hit those. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I, I'm a I'm an advocate for there should be a there should be a, a dotted line somewhere that says if you miss if you're not reaching this uh this percentage of free throw shooting you're not on scholarship anymore. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like at the D1 level you should there should be no reason why you're under 80 percent from the free throw line. That's my opinion. Uh, you know maybe you could put some asterisks there that you have to attempt a minimum of 50 or something. I I don't know. But yeah, I, I don't understand it. I know these these kids, especially you know the first five eight minutes of of any of these games here the last few weeks. Teams try to push tempo with us and really try to jump on us pretty early, and I think that takes a ton out of your your gas tank, if you will. But at the end of the day, well then then go go outside and run up and down, you know, you know, right up and down. I can't think of the name of the road right now, but the one in between. <laughs> 
the 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 football facility in Thompson Bowling Arena, that hill. Mm-hmm. So here's yeah, what yeah, you I know need what to do: about. go out there, run up and down that thing three times, go in, shoot fifteen free throws, then go come out, do it again, and then when you can, or maybe you do fifteen the first time, go out and do it again, do thirty the next time. If you miss one, you got to do it again. Man. I'd be so good at free throws because if I had to do that one time, buddy, I'd be on family medical leave for months. <laughs> You'd be tired of running. I can tell you that. But, but here's the thing. It's got to be important to you. You know, I think we, we, we spent a lot of time in the gym. We've talked about this before. I, I don't know what the, uh, I don't know how much that's emphasized in practice. I, I think a lot of times we work because Rick Barnes is the defensive guy. I think they work, defensive sets i think they work offensive ball movement but when it comes to shooting i think they say make sure you get your shots up Uh, i don't know that to be the fact but the problem is you can't year in and year out be relatively similar in your free throw shooting and and really it be any other than that i mean I, i just don't know how much of an emphasis it's put on in practice i don't know what kind of repercussions are there when you don't hit them and i'm not saying you need to nail people you know you know to the wall for for missing a free throw but at the same rate i mean it's only going in tournament time it's not oh we'll get them next time there's no next time so to me no that's that's the difference between a good and a great team and i know i've used that analogy a lot but we're good enough to win a lot of games in the tournament i don't know that we're great enough to win it all yeah and and you know to give uh fans uh the ingredients to what we're watching this orange, this orange color Kool Aid that we're watching on Tennessee basketball because we're we're enjoying it. And, and you talked about it at the beginning of this segment. Uh, I'm very excited with where we're at. I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on that Texas A&M game uh, because there is a block of games right there where we played really good basketball. But this Rick Barnes offense, uh, just the way it's set up statistically. 602, 602 attempted three-pointers for us versus 558 for our opponents. So we're we're going to go out and shoot a dozen three-pointers in the first half, okay? We're going to go out there, and that's that's his style of offense. He's going to go do that. Now, the, the opposite side of the basketball, okay, we're, we'll, let's stay on offense for just a second. 406 assists for us to their 206 for the opponent. So oh, wow. we're – we're we're throwing we're passing the ball around, mm-hmm. uh, which is going to create turnovers. Um, it's going to you know extend the ball game. Uh, on the opposite side of the basketball court, we have 192 steals to our opponents, 159, 114 blocks to their 64. So that tells you Rick Barnes right there. Rick mm-hmm. Barnes is going to bring the ball down the court. He's going to move the ball around. He's going to try to find opportunities. If he doesn't find the opportunity, he's going to shoot an open or contested three-pointer. Sure. Opposite side of the basketball court, he's going to block you, and he's going to cause you fits. Uh, mm-hmm. Man, uh, coming off screw, coming off ball screens. Uh, so that's that's the statistics, the ingredients, what we're watching. And it's a successful formula right now. So I'm excited right. for what we got coming up. Well, and just to kind of close out this topic, uh, here's something I'll tell you. Uh, you can go back. You can fact check me on this. Every national champion uh, from the last, I think I went back six, seven years, uh, every one of them had a really ugly loss in the month of February. So yeah. Texas A&M will be on our docket. Not to say we're going to go win a national championship, but if it took that game 
to spark a fire. I mean, a 29-point victory at Arkansas tells me that we were a little ticked off by the way we uh, we let Texas A&M come in here and do what they did uh, or go to their place and do what they did. But ultimately, uh, to me, it's about it's about what's in front of you, not what's behind you. I think we've got a, a good stretch of games coming down here that's going to be against Alabama, against uh, South Carolina, uh, some revenge games, if you will, for us. And so I think we've got to raise up, not let any of these teams pull a sweep on us for the year, and then just kind of fine-tune that craft headed into postseason time. I mean, we've got another about another three, four weeks of this the regular season left. So uh, I think we're in good shape. Uh, again, I'm all about that regular season adversity that leads to a deep playoff run. So uh, I like where we're at. But uh, but Ben, uh, uh, as we are, we're talking about kind of coming down to the wire on uh, some of this uh, basketball stuff. Uh, there's other sports around campus that absolutely are getting ready to to just kind of explode onto the scene, and that's uh, that's Tennessee baseball, Tennessee lady ball, softball. They're already playing. Uh, baseball kicks it off in uh, in the state of Texas this weekend in uh, one of those opening weekend classics against, I believe, Oklahoma, Texas Tech, and Baylor, maybe. Uh, but I yep, think it's correct. Fun, correct. I think it's going to be fun to see Tony V's boys out there uh, doing what they do. But I, I'm excited for for all the spring sports coming up. Yes, so Tennessee baseball released the roster very late. They released it, um, I think, two days ago. Uh, Zane Denton is not on the roster. Still don't know uh, what what is going on with that situation. Uh, more more probably to come out on, on the websites about his status. Um, but, you know, you look at his replacement as Billy Amick, the Clemson transfer at third base. I mean, I think – that probably had something to do with it. This kid hit 13 home runs, had 63 RBIs for Clemson. He caused us fits uh, when we played him in the NCAA tournament. You know, behind the plate, uh, just going through this quickly, Wayne, Cal Stark coming back behind the plate. Blake Burke's going to be at first. You got the new Radke Lowry at second. Christian Moore's going to play short in the outfield, drilling easily and Kavaris tears. And there has been a lot of talk about Robin Villanueva. Uh, this is a kid who in Juco Ball in Texas, get this, hit uh, 40 home or 28 home runs and 40 RBIs in Juco Ball uh, last season. So uh, they said that, um, I guess, media has been sneaking into Lindsey Nelson Stadium and he's hit some balls uh, that just don't land and still haven't landed. Uh, so... <laughs> Look for him. I'm looking to, to watch Robin Villanueva get in at some point. He's a first baseman, so that spot's taken. So I'm looking for him maybe to DH some. Um, but then Cannon Peebles is the transfer from NC State, the catcher. He'll probably be back up to Cal Stark, but I'm really excited to watch him because this is a guy that really hit the ball well for NC State last year. Big kid, so going to be exciting to watch them this weekend. Yeah, and, and from what I gather, uh, and we may not see it this weekend, but I think as the season kind of gets off off and running, I think we're going to see Blake Burke. He's He is a transformed hitter from what I've seen uh, or from what I've read that he, he really took the offseason for an opportunity and worked on being able to hit the the off-speed stuff, getting to work on the curveball. I mean, he can smash the, the, the fastball as well as anybody maybe that's ever put on the Tennessee uniform, but – 
Uh, had a little bit of trouble with the off-speed stuff, the curveball and such. So if he can if he can improve that, I think he's a he's a first day draft pick. Yeah, I think a lot of fans look at him and they look at the season and how he performed in conference play, and they're 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 kind of stuck on this uh, storyline that he created in conference play last year. But they're not looking at how he finished the season. We all remember that he started. Uh, the comeback against Clemson. He was the guy who hit the single in that ball game to bring us back before Denton hits the home run. And then let's not forget in the following series against Southern Missouri, he jacks that ball uh, back to the school building uh, over two parking lots. Right. Uh, so uh, this is a guy that uh, I look to have a really big season, improve his draft status, and uh, he's going to be fun to watch, buddy. Well, and I think I think our pitching staff's going to be be solid again this year. I I think there's going to be a little bit more of by committee there, at least early on, until people can kind of seize their spot. But I'm I'm excited about uh, I believe his name's Andrew Russell. I'm excited about Drew Beam. I'm excited about some of those other arms. Of course, Kirby Cannell. Uh, he's here for his uh, I think 19th year, his 19th year of eligibility, but. Uh, nonetheless, nobody is more excited to go get a foul ball down the first baseline than Kirby Cannell. Yeah, great to have him back. And and you talked about Beam and A.J. Russell coming back. I think those are going to be, and I think they've already pretty much committed that, that this weekend, your number one starters, Beam and A.J. Russell's number two. They haven't announced who number three and number four are going to be. I think, like you said, it's going to be by committee. There are a couple freshmen. Uh, that there are a couple freshmen that came in to pitch here, and and I'm gonna give you some body sizes. I got one kid that's uh, six foot two, two hundred and sixty pounds, and I got one kid that's six foot four, two hundred and fifty. Um, mm. And then we got the transfer Nate Steed from Wichita State that looks mm. like Chris Sale. So uh, I'm really excited to see who they bring out against Baylor on Sunday. That'll be a game definitely to tune in and kind of see some younger arms pitch. Uh, but, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch, buddy. I'm ready to, I'm ready to get locked in. It was perfect timing. Super Bowl's over, and we're, we're, getting, we're getting into the cheap seats. We're getting into some fun Tennessee athletics. Yeah, really, this weekend, if, if you need something to do, because it's supposed to be rain, wintry mix, cold, uh, I think you can catch Tennessee Lady Vols softball, Tennessee baseball, Lady Vols basketball, Tennessee basketball, and the Daytona 500 all in one weekend. Yeah, don't don't leave out that Daytona 500, buddy. Hey, I'm a I'm a race fan. I uh, I uh, it's just a it's a holdover. It's not it's not what it once was, but it's still fun to see 40 cars going 200 mile an hour. That's just there's something cool. There's something American about that. Well, you know what the great late, uh, the late great Tony Toby Keith says: "I ain't as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was." Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> there you go. Finish it, buddy. You're right. You're right. But uh, talking about uh, not as good as you once were, let's talk a little bit about the NCAA. Let's talk about that to finish up today. And we put it at the end just because if you're still here, you're a you're a charter member. You're you're an anchor for the grind on sports. But ultimately, the reason we put it at the end is because everybody else is beating it to death. You, you know, don't get me wrong. It's a huge story. We're following it. We we want a certain outcome. But at the end of the day, it's very much out of our hands, out of really our impact. And so 
really we're just watching, understanding what the, the ramifications are, and then just hopefully kind of trying to decipher it for you here. What I'm knowing as of right now, the 13th, the the the, the little deal up in Greenville uh, really turned out to be nothing. Uh, at this point, uh, we're still deliberating, I guess. The judge is going to come back in short order uh, with his recommendation based on this, but according to other outlets, really to that judgment will have, uh, it's kind of a, the battle versus the war. Uh, it will be, it will decide the battle, but it will go far from determining the war. Uh, the only side of it that if the judge was to allow us the, uh, injunction, it really puts a, a pretty big nail in the coffin of the NCAA moving forward. Uh, but the expectation is is that really Tennessee, even though very aggressive uh, in their approach to, to look for this injunction, uh, did not possibly uh, give enough evidence to, to fully engage that injunction. And so they're thinking that, that they may go against us in this battle, uh, but ultimately when the antitrust is reviewed, uh, when it's raised to a higher court, possibly the Sixth Circuit out of Cincinnati, that it's gonna it's gonna come down to the NCAA can't can't manage what they've uh, ultimately approved just a couple years ago. Yeah, state district attorney Norris um, made a point to tell Judge Clifton Corker that this is causing irreputable harm to the University of Tennessee already. So this is causing they are defaming the University of Tennessee by having this hearing. It's causing problems for the university without any merit. Uh, Judge Corker comes back, and you said it well. I think it was quoted. Um, and analysts, uh, you said in short order, uh, analysts were saying that we need to listen to what exactly that judge says. What do, What is the judge going to say that will kind of lead us to his ruling? And when he said that, I will give my response and it will be, quote, in short order. That leads a lot of people to believe that this preliminary injunction would basically, you know, defang the NCAA uh, from from pursuing these type of violations any further, anything related to the NIL. Uh, so hopefully for us, for us as Tennessee fans, this, this will happen quickly and the NCAA – uh, will get out of the way and allow us to move forward. I have a feeling that even I have a feeling as a fan that we are we are the redheaded stepchild of the NCAA, and they just can't. They do not want us to write the storyline. They sure. and and I think what what I take very optimistically from this is I think this is a reflection of how good they think Nico is going to be. Mm. They think Nico is going to be arguably one of the best players in college football. And they're scared to death that if he allows Tennessee to be successful, that's not the storyline that they want. So they're coming after us to do something about this situation. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I always say, you know, uh, bad, there, you ever heard the thing, there's no such thing as bad publicity? Uh, I don't know that I necessarily buy into that, but I will say nobody – Nobody chases a loser. Nope. Nobody goes and says, you know what? We're going to make sure he's a real loser. We're going to do whatever we can to make sure he's very bad. No, they're sitting here going, that's intimidating. 
that team is someone that I'm I'm a little nervous about. I don't think it's a coincidence that the NCAA president right now is a Georgia alumni. Uh, and mm-hmm. the first two teams that are attacked are Florida and Tennessee. I don't think that's on uh, that's not an accident. Uh, now, granted, I'm enjoying the Florida action just as much as anybody else, but to me, Tennessee's relative. Tennessee is is a, a place that if you can chisel away in Knoxville, it opens up so much more because let's just face it. Josh Heupel in just a few short years quickly got on to big time prospects table in the top three. Now we're beginning in the JUCO ranks and, and, and in the recruiting trail, we're starting to snatch some of those five stars, the Matthews kid, some of these edge rushers, these defensive players that we were able to sign in 24. So to me, it's not a it's not a just cause. It's not a it's not a what should happen. It's a fear. It's a fear decision. And and you know, hopefully, uh, somebody told somebody said that uh, uh, we hired a lawyer that keeps receipts. Uh, we had we have a, a a lawyer that plays for keeps. And so ultimately, I hope this is the undoing, the, 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 uh, what am I trying to say? The, uh, what is it when the, the one sister doesn't like the other sister? Yeah. You call that it? Like they're, they're envious. Uh, I'm afraid that their, uh, their lack of self, uh, self worth and their envy to the University of Tennessee is going to be their undoing. So we can only watch. I don't have popcorn ready. Uh, but I know where to get it. Yeah, I, I was trying to help you with the sister analogy. I only have brothers, so I was thinking, okay, I well, if I don't like Josh, we fight. <laughs> no, but yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Like, oh, she only gets the, you know, yeah, she's yeah. the pretty one. It's the Marsha, Marsha, Marsha approach. But yeah. uh, I yeah, don't but- know. All I'm saying is the NCAA, I'm hoping that they, they finally get caught with their hand in the cookie jar from a standpoint of you, they are not dictators. They are not the uh, the overlords of college athletics. And once they open the floodgate that said, you know, kids can, and, and rightfully so, can can kind of make, make profit off of their name, image, and likeness, you can't put that ghost, you can't put that genie back in the bottles, what I try to tell people. Yeah, and I, I've become a very big fan of Dondi Plowman in this administration because uh, we are getting picked on. You know, at some point after after so many people pick on you and they keep picking on you and they keep picking on you, and this goes back to, I mean, this goes back a long way for us Tennessee fans. I mean, this goes back to when Florida State and all these other programs like uh, Miami and all these big-name programs were winning college football championships and then, boom, 1998, University of Tennessee beats Florida State, wins a national championship. Mm. Immediately, 1999, uh, Bob Lay comes out on uh, outside the lines. And Florida game, the, the, ne- the very next season, Florida game, next season, he publishes a story saying uh, that there's cheating going on at Tennessee with tests. tests. They're helping them with writing papers and things. And we had to deal with them at that point in time. Mm. They, they started to come after us. And we dealt with that. Got got away from that. And and it just continues to transpire. You know, um, everybody recalls uh, Maui Ahuna last year and the uh, 
the issues that we dealt with with the NCAA uh, with his recruiting experience. Uh, Bruce Pearl, when Bruce Pearl had the barbecue. I mean, I mean, this is these are any all these situations. What bothers me the most as a Tennessee fan, you cannot tell me that this stuff isn't happening at uh, University of Alabama. You can't tell me that this stuff isn't happening at Notre Dame. You can't tell me that this stuff didn't happen at Kansas with basketball. Mm. So NCAA oh, by North coming Carolina, out and picking on uh, us, it's it's frustrating, yeah. buddy. Well, and, and North Carolina, they they created classes so that you could you could make good grades. Kansas, um, I mean, there's a whole laundry list of what Bill Self has done. He's still employed. So no, there's a there's fair haired child and there's there's redheaded stepchild, and I think we're the latter. So uh, it's fine. Uh, here's the thing. We, we, as, uh, East Tennesseans, we know how to roll our sleeves up, get a little redneck and go fighting a little bit. And that's what, that's what we're ready to do. Dondi Plowman went full mama bear on us. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. Like, here's the thing. I don't, I can't, you know, I'm not in the administration. I don't know the, the a hundred percent truth, but I'm going to tell you, she came out like a mama bear that did. She came out like someone who knew what she was believing in, knew the players and the the people she had in place, and somebody was picking on her kids. And so yeah. to me, uh, yeah, I'll always respect her for that. Danny White, I thought he came out pretty strong against uh, against the NCAA. And then in in true uh, this administration form, quickly turned their 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 heads right back to uh, to promoting this program and building this thing up. Did you see they're going to have a pre and a post game concert at the Tennessee Orange and White game? Oh man, I didn't see that. That's that's going to be awesome, man. Yeah, they're they're going to have ten thousand people there. Yeah, buy tickets. Yeah, we're going to hopefully get in the lottery for the ticket. I think with all the renovations, they're only going to let about ten thousand in there. But I think they're going to have a big screen outside that you can watch. So uh, very Tennessee baseball esque, but. Uh, anyway, we'll we'll definitely try to get in there somewhere somehow. But but Ben, uh, a lot a uh, lot has happened. A lot will continue to happen. Obviously, we're uh, we're post uh, the the sim era uh, right now of, uh, of of the grind on sports. But I don't know. They've released some hype videos and some uh, teasers, if you will, for college football twenty twenty five. If I've got anything to do with it, the grind will uh, we'll continue our sim trend. Uh, into the fall of 2024. Yeah, what a what a blast that was calling the uh, AFC NFC Championship and the Super Bowl, and it was so realistic. I mean, compared to uh, what we saw in the AFC NFC Championship and the Super Bowl, uh, it was very similar outcomes. We predicted the winner for for all three ball games, and uh, really just enjoy calling the game with you. Uh, I know I hope our fans enjoyed hearing us call the game because we enjoy calling it for you all. Sure. Um, but just a lot of fun and look forward to doing it during Tennessee football season. Uh, I think it's going to be a really good time, buddy. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, so here's where we're at. Uh, Tennessee um, basketball is in kind of late season form. Uh, Tennessee Lady Vols softball is opened. I'm pretty sure out of their first four or five games, they've run ruled two or three of them. So they're uh, they're really rolling right now. Tennessee baseball will kick off this weekend. Uh, of course, Lady Vols basketball continuing to play. Actually dropped a, a really kind of a heartbreaker tonight 
to South Carolina, had had the lead at the half, and then just kind of relinquished it to a to a still undefeated twenty four and zero South Carolina team, but played played pretty well there in TBA. Uh, but then, then it is nine days until pitchers and catchers report for Major League Baseball. So it's right here in front of us. Spring sports is on the way. Uh, it's uh, it's 35 degrees in the morning here in East Tennessee, but it's usually 65 in the afternoon. So uh, it's uh, it's East Tennessee weather at its best. But appreciate you jumping on with me. Uh, of course, we'll get this out uh, tonight. Uh, hopefully people will see it tomorrow. But, man, it's been fun. Been a good show and uh, glad to call uh, some sports with you all from the cheap seats, buddy. Hey, if you liked it, watch more videos. If you didn't, watch more videos. That's that's what I got for you. But until next time, take care, be safe, and that's right, grind on. Grind on.